In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts. We promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We are all the way up to album four zero. David Bowie, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust. All right. So, guys, I don't know if you knew this, but David Bowie released an expanded version of this album. And I was really surprised with some of the songs he put on. I, I, I want to, I, this one, it was just such a coincidence for a podcast. I couldn't believe it. Let's listen to it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to K Rob. K Rob. K Rob. We got a little song going out to my name there. Does anybody want to know Russell? It's our favorite part of the show. Yeah, we all want to know. It's got the feeling all right. I just want to know what Russell's drinking tonight. Yeah. Yeah, is it a cocktail? Hey, man. Or is it simply an ale? Just hold up your drink and let us all take a look. Just tell all the fans what it is we're thinking. And that is what Russell's drinking. Yes. We all want to know, but I think I have an inkling. Yeah, what Russell's drinking. What's he got? He's in a shot. When you want to flavor bitters. But you're just All too the lazy to look it up online. Are not it's finally come around. You're famous. You're famous. I've got the perfect podcast for you. That was fantastic, Rob. Beck did it better. All right. What's up, everybody? This is Beck did it better. I'm here with three guys that find themselves stuck making it. 10 years of podcasts with me and my God-given <laughs> ass. I've got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? Good, Rob. Do, do, doing well. Thanks oh, for having me. Good. I'm feeding off that energy. Aaron, and on the West Coast, how are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing great. I have an alternate persona for tonight's podcast. I am soggy sawdust with the spiders in my garage. <laughs> Why is your sawdust soggy? What did you sop up? <laughs> Soggy Sawdust was my nickname in high school. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, thanks, guys, for playing off that. So I'm glad that the, we're, the podcast is starting off to a strong start. So once again, I don't know what I have to do to get you guys to talk to the podcast. I got Russell in Minnesota. Russell, how are you doing? Rob, keep your mouth shut. You're squawking like a pink monkey bird. And I'm busting up my brains for these words. All right. And I did have a note here. I totally forgot because Aaron is normally the last one to introduce. And we've got Aaron on the West Coast who thinks that Major Biden should be put to sleep. Oh, Aaron, Whoa. why would you say that? Just because wow. he pooped on the floor. I got to edit that back in earlier. So I do want to tell everybody what happened before the song that you heard. I did make two songs this oh, week no. that we will not air. You will not hear if you want them. Just email me at backtidabetter at gmail.com and I'll send you two of the dirtiest David Bowie songs you've ever heard in your entire life. Uh, and they were disrespectful to my co-host. They were disrespectful to my co-host family. And if you want to hear them, just email me and I'll send them to you. But you, that might come up on the podcast. I'm assuming I'm going to get lots of compliments for how many things I could rhyme with the word pie. So I was pretty impressed by that. And, and city. city. <laughs> and, and city. It turns out there's a lot of body, body parts that rhyme with city. You would, you, would be, you would maybe not be surprised that I would figure that out. Before we 
get into the next segment. Um, I do want to know, Matt said you can't judge someone and you can, this may or may not work, but Matt said you can't judge someone off of three minutes of your life. But if someone were going to judge you off of three minutes of your life, what three minutes would you choose? What are the, where, where would you want someone to, to drop the, the needle and watch the three minutes of your life? I think if you really wanted a snapshot into what my life was like, it would be this morning when I was, uh, I had woken up early and then I had proceeded to lay in bed and scroll through Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook over and over and over <laughs> until it was, I was then 10 minutes late. VR goggles on or VR goggles off? <laughs> on or off, Rob? Where were the well, goggles and where was the horizon? Yeah, the, the goggles were getting off, you know what I mean? But here's <laughs> the thing is, is that I, I then said, okay, I think if you just took the three minutes where I said, I'm going to get out of this bed. And then I just did it. I, I said out loud, <laughs> I'm going to stop doing this. And I just didn't. And I was like, okay, well, there's my life in a nutshell. Like, oh, here's a change in my life I should make. And then I'm just like, ah, that's some to medium amount of work. I don't think I'm going to I mean, actually do that. Rosie, I think, I think you, you would take it probably the same what I would, you know, hanging out with your family or hanging out with your kid. And, you know, if we're going to yeah. really, you know, be serious about this. You'd, I'd say you could tell who you really are and you know how you treat other people, things like that. Oh but, my god. Are you saying the way I talk to my family is who I really am? I'm a monster. <laughs> I'm an absolute monster. I tell them I tell them things I would never say to other people. I think you could find out a lot of people if you go to the grocery store and sit in line with them or something like that mm-hmm. and just see how they treat people they don't know. And yeah. then people who are quote unquote the help and they're not the help, but people treat them like the help and I think if you've got three minutes of anybody in a grocery store and see how they treat people, you'd get a pretty good well, idea of who they are. You know, Aaron yeah, was going true. off the other day after the show about how he doesn't think that the people at the cash register should sit down. He thinks they should always be standing at the checkout. <laughs> I don't think that's right. For me, if anyone uh, could yeah. judge me off of three minutes, I could choose my two greatest athletic achievements that stand out to me. One oh, is, wait. Oh, we yeah. got to pause. I have no <laughs> idea what these... Like, okay. I've played enough intramural sports with Aaron, and I can't imagine what these two things could be. One, when I was 14, I hit an absolute no-doubt home run. Knew it was gone off the bat. I'm sorry, Chris Nickel. I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're listening. Oh, hold on. on was this over a, oh, over a fence? Or over was it fence. just where outfielders had oh, to keep wow. running? Over a fence. A hit a no-doubter. Put my head straight down and went into the trot. That's moment number one that did I remember. Did you pimp it or not? Did you unbuckle the the Franklin batting gloves or anything? Or no, not? no, I did it. I did it just very business like. I was like, I knew that ball's gone because it was a short porch in left field anyway. But I knew the ball was gone. He flipped and, that bat uh, so far they couldn't find it. And I just, I just went into my trot. I would have, un- I would have undone those black Franklin batting gloves and pimped that. <laughs> my buddy Josh, he's a. My buddy Josh just got his kids some Franklin batting gloves, and he was telling us all about it, bringing us back to the old days. You got to pimp that, Aaron. You got to pimp that home run. Oh, Matt's Matt's getting so mad at you just saying that, Russell. He's just thinking about people doing this. <laughs> and then my next greatest athletic achievement was when my son was a baby, and we were at the wine shop, and it was supposed to rain that day, uh-huh. so we had our umbrella, but it turned out to be sunny, and we left the wine shop, and and uh-huh. I immediately put the umbrella up to keep the sun off of the baby's head. And it was a smooth transition from inside the wine shop to having the umbrella up outside to keep the sun off the baby's head. Nobody got hurt, made it back home safely. So those two moments for me, that adds up to three minutes. That's what I'd want someone to judge. I'm going to repeat that story on my next first date and say, I am capable of putting an umbrella over a baby's head in case it's sunny. This is my athletic achievement. I want to say, I want to say two things. 
I am begging Aaron's wife to listen to that story and say that I shouldn't be making fun of him. I, I want you to email me and say, don't make fun of him for telling that story. I dare you. I dare you to email me and say that. There's no way. There's no Rob, way what's, you can her, what's her name again? What's her name again, Rob? Listen, I don't want to say the names. That's, so, that's such an invasion of privacy. Such an invasion yeah. of privacy. Just in privacy. Does it rhyme with Suffragette City? I don't say. My oh, I you know what my I'll tell I have a softball story for you guys. I pitched in a in a slow pitch softball league with a bunch of it was me and then a bunch of guys who were in seminary learning how to be pastors. Oh boy, yes, they were the worst softball players you have ever seen in your life. Like, there's a reason that like you don't see like Jose Canseco or someone going into the priesthood because he can do something. These guys could not do anything. I was absolutely. 100% the most talented person on this team. It wasn't even close. Then you and, got people like Charlie from Cannon Falls that all of a sudden can do like both. pitching professionally. You know, like he's, he's like the one guy, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, he wasn't on this team, so I was by oh. far the best. And so what ended up happening was we were playing this team of absolute psychopaths. They eventually got kicked out of the league, but they were just nuts. Like they were, they pulled up and they had like special bats and like, you know, they had like cleats and not flip-flops. No, the key is, do they have bags that they hang on the fence of the mm-hmm. field. If oh, you yeah. have bags that hang on the fence, you are you are a legit player. Yeah, and they're playing in like the C League against a bunch of pastors and me, the most athletic guy in the team, Rob's Rob's traveling daredevil team. Rob, were you the most were you quote unquote the most athletic guy that played catcher or where did you play? When you say no. you're the most athletic guy, where did you play so, in the field? This was the year where I didn't have a job, so I was playing a ton of bocce ball. <laughs> Just bocce ball every day all day long. <laughs> So I realized that I could transition from a professional bocce ball player into a slow pitch pitcher because I could throw it up and hit things like I did in bocce ball. And I also would spin it different directions. Like I would spin it. So it would go like this. And I called it the eye. Cause if you looked at it, you got hypnotized. Anyway, you guys can't see what I'm doing, but I'm doing something very cool. But what, so, so, and that kind of led me to the problem is that we were playing this team and a guy like was, was throwing a ball to my teammate, Corey or Corey, I'll just say. And he threw it too wait, hard. T- no, I'm more athletic on than your him. team. Shut yeah, up. Wait. I'm more athletic than him. <laughs> Hang on. This like is the guy American that's like jumper, won right? the national high jump in <laughs> D3. <laughs> yeah. Rob, you, Rob, Rob, you couldn't, you couldn't high jump over the cupcake you ate before you got on this podcast. Let's not say you're the most athletic guy. It's like, I'm here. the most athletic guy here. And oh yeah. Adrian Peterson. Uh, he was a uh, second. You know most what? Athletic guy I'm going to post a video to their Instagram. The Beck did a better Instagram of me high jumping over things. You guys are going to be sorry. Cause it's going to be I the most wait. viewed video of all Please time. As I- all right. Finish your story about being the second most athletic softball player. So anyway, I'm the guy on the team that had the biggest dick and Vasante Shanko sent over there. And he's not quite as big as I am. Classic big dick guy. Classic big dick Cole, Vasante Shanko. Poster guy. He had me. a Richard. You know what? You guys are right. We don't just do this podcast for ourselves. We're definitely thinking about other people laughing at the reference to Vashante Shanko. A tight end of the Vikings had, I don't know, 10 years ago, who was once photographed nude in a, he was, he was next to a reporter who was nude and his enormous dong. I mean, it looked like out. a horse. It literally looked like a horse. <laughs> it looked like an elephant. It was down to like his kneecap. Getting a drink at the lake. It, it was unbelievable. He definitely used the pencil method in the back. Yeah, he definitely had a pencil. It's like a yep. baby's arm. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
unbelievable. All right, let's finish your story about you being the second most athletic player. So I can't think about this, anything but Vasante Shinko's dong. Um, so, so he he we the ball like rolled to their bench and they whipped it at Corey Dingles, just whipped it at him. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, he, so I, in my mind, I was like, if this was a baseball game, I would fucking drill these guys. I would just throw the ball right at this guy because he was coming up to bat. I would just hit him, no problem. Can't do it at slow pitch. Doesn't work that well. So instead, I had a brilliant idea of just not pitching to him at all. Just oh, I love short. This idea. So I, I love I, this it's idea. Two, it's three strike, I think. So I pitch it, and I pitch it three feet short of the plate. And the guy thinks it's because he hit just an absolute ramrod dong rainmaker <laughs> off me the inning before. <laughs> not the case. Getting home run hit off you in slow pitch softball does not affect your psyche one bit. Because it's just like pitch boom you're like yeah what am i supposed to do I, you know i can only throw it because it, it, there was a height limit too so i couldn't just throw it super high so i throw it two feet short the guy goes what the fuck and the whole bench just oh, starts no. yelling and they start yelling and calling me every name for somebody who's fat in the book just everything just letting me have it meanwhile they don't know my superpower is i've already heard everything they could possibly say <laughs> and as long as they don't call me blobbert for five years of my life like my sisters did i'll be fine don't worry about that <laughs> so here's the thing is that then the second pitch, right? Even, just even, I, it, like five feet away from the plate. Just not even close. Just <laughs> way, way short. Because the one thing these guys want to do is just rip it in a slow pitch league. If, if they walk, it's like a disgusting insult to their masculinity. Mm-hmm. So sure enough, I get the ball back. Third pitch, I bet it's eight feet short. Just not even close. The guy runs up with the bat and hits oh, no. it. And of course, it goes right to the shortstop. And it, he proceeds to 100% miss it. It goes right through his legs. Because as I said earlier, the team was absolutely terrible. Guy gets on first. He goes, yeah, you fed fuck. I'm on first base. Oh, the, ump oh, no. goes, the ump goes out. Stepped out of the batter's box. You're out. Yes. No. <laughs> so I said, oh, God, that's so weird. If you're so good, why aren't you on first base? Okay, so first of all, that's the best insult I came up with. That's the real insult I used. My whole life, I'm like, I could have come up with such a better insult to insult that guy. I couldn't do Adult it. Adult softball is a hell of a drug. I know, Matt, you and I, we played on the same teams for a year or two in there. Matt's a better athlete than I am. He played, you know, real sports at some point in his life. But I, I remember playing in a, in a co-ed softball league, and our team was getting crushed one game. Like, we're down like 35 to nothing. They're hitting home runs every single time. <laughs> and I'm up there and I'm pitching and we're just getting destroyed. And I'm just, I'm fed up and, and I start throwing and I threw a couple, like not straight down the plate. So they're balls and they start taking them. They're not swinging. And I was like, Oh fuck this. You're up 35 to nothing and not swinging. Next guy comes up. I literally roll the fucking ball at the plate three straight times. I just roll it at them and everyone's yelling at me. And I'm like, Hey, you're not going to swing and you're killing us by 30. This is what you get. Well, that seems like you just took my story and made it your own story. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I made it better. You should have rolled that shit, Rob. Let's just <laughs> Who did it, it better? Russ did it better. You should have rolled All that right. shit. We're only about oh. a half hour in the podcast, so it's time to get into rolling. Go <laughs> two minutes. Or, wait, we had those fake intros. It's time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for rolling. Go So I'm going to go first for rolling one because mine is actually really good. So here's the deal. In one of the last episodes, I realized that we were talking about, um, actually, I was talking to a friend and I was telling about my coach that we previously talked about who is now a polyamorous coach. Mm. And I realized that uh, in that conversation with the friend, I said, it would have been great if I would have stayed with that coach who went from powerlifting to polyamory. It would have meant 
less benching and more Frenching. Yes. And I immediately was so disappointed that I didn't use that on the podcast. And instead I used it in some place where I'm not being recorded. I just think that that should be our apology of the week. That you and missed a, a joke, Mr. Dale. Could have hit it and I used it later, not recorded. It's embarrassing. To absolutely nobody. We're apologizing to all our fans that you didn't give them the best. Oh yeah. Hey, Rob. That's Rob, pathetic. at least you at least you didn't email your co-host and ask if you should splice it in and act like you said it during the the pod, right? I do that all the time. I'm putting in jokes that I have later. That's why the jokes are so good in this podcast. I'm taking the time to edit them in. The other thing I wanted to say is that I have been starting. I have been watching the last couple of days. I've been watching the NFL draft. And so I thought tonight yeah. we're going to do our own Beck did it better draft. We're going to take yes. four items. We are going to go. Uh, Love it. Oh, kind of stops quickly there. We're going to go up <laughs> and down uh, in a snake draft order. We have four things that we're going to draft. So tonight in the Beck did a better draft, let's get into what we're going to draft. Right off the top of your head, we're taking what is the best breakfast food? What do you think? What is the best breakfast food? Mm-mm. Russell, dun, what's dun, the best? Dun, dun, dun. With the first pick in the breakfast food draft. I'm going to take an Egg McMuffin from McDonald's. Oh! I'm going an Egg McMuffin uh, straight out of the University of Clemson. Thing. It's got a great 40 time. Leaves you feeling good for many hours. Not uh, true, actually. High carb, everything you want. It's got everything you want. I love it. Uh, Five man. tool player. Rosie, you're up next. What are we taking for any breakfast food? I know you probably don't care about this. You don't give a shit about breakfast food, but what do you think? I is care your... a lot. I would, I'm upset that Egg <laughs> McMuffin's off the lot. board, but with Egg McMuffin off the board, I'm going to take everything bagel with cream cheese and locks. Everything's bagel. Ooh, that's good. Everything bagel, cream cheese and locks. So good. Matt, that's, what do you have in your draft for best breakfast food? Every greasy spoon has it. The all-American breakfast, the hometown plate, the tremendous twelve, whatever you want to call it. Just I'm going to go straight up. Couple eggs, a bunch of thick bacon, Ooh, thick some hash oh, browns. Yes. Oh yeah, big, you got to have you so, got to have a big like wingspan on that bacon. It's got to be you a big wingspan. You got to, you got to. So I'm just going to go with the old all-American breakfast. That's a great yeah, choice. it's a greasy spoon. All right, and with the fourth pick in the breakfast draft, I am going to take. Eggs Benedict. You guys are idiots. You didn't take Eggs Benedict. Eggs Benedict is the easy. It's good for breakfast. It's good for brunch. You can't make it at home. You got to order it out. It's too hard to make it at home. That's the the rich man's answer right there. That's the rich man's answer. (laughs) Eggs Benedict. Everyone else is taking like the $3 meal at the fast food restaurant. Rob wants his holiday sauce. (laughs) And that is the end of round one. I could go 12 rounds on a breakfast draft. That's fantastic. We're going to the second round of the draft. Do you hear the sound I have for the end of the draft? I was like, this could close yes. out most conversations, don't you think? Like, yeah. hey, how's the date going? Ah, it didn't go very well. All right, well. <laughs> hey. I, I, could, I could use that for yeah. a long time now. Well, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And then Chris Berman's in the background the whole time. You show up for Nobody the circles the wagon like the <laughs> Buffalo Bills and Russ on this terrible date. You show up for a date and she's like, oh, is that what you're wearing today? And you just hear <laughs> All right, so this is over. This date is done for. All right, we're going to go for the best nickname for a penis. Best nickname for a penis. Uh, R- Ross, you're up first. What do you think is the best nickname for a penis? I already had the first pick. I, I feel like I should get more time to think. <laughs> best name for a penis. What do you think, Russell? 
I'm gonna go. This is probably gonna have to get cut too. This goes out to my buddy Trevor, who there's a basketball player on the Timberwolves named Gorgie Gorgie Jang, and he used to always call him Gorgeous Dong. So I'm gonna say the best nickname for a penis is a Gorgeous Dong. That's what I'm gonna start calling my penis. All right, Rosie, you're up. What do you think is the best nickname for a penis? I think Dong is a good one though. It rolls off the tongue really well. Uh oh, Rosie disconnected. You got too embarrassed by this question. Rosie, what do you think is the best nickname for a penis? Uh, you guys know that I'm a, a huge fan of the mid-aughts to teens. Ooh. I don't know when it happened. The, the Fox show New Girl, and so I can't claim this one, but uh, <laughs> Damon Wayans Jr. says that he calls his his Sam Jackson because it's been in everything. Oh! <laughs> that was the steal of the draft right there. <laughs> Matt, what do you think? What is the best nickname for a penis? Uh, fire hose. Oh, oh my god, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think we found out who on the podcast is a big dong, a fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> For me, that'd be like you know, the big guy named Tiny, like it's like the joke name, fire hose. Uh, and I will say, boy, I didn't even think about this. I'm gonna say trouser snake. I that always made me giggle when I heard trouser snake. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, last <laughs> round in the draft, we are drafting. Uh, which one of our wives would you draft? And I'm going to pick oh, Russell's God. wife. That, that is that is the wife I would prefer right now. That's going to my number one pick. Is whoever Russell is married to right now, that would be my wife. Matt, which wife would you pick in this draft? I, I'm going to go with Jenny. I think Jenny uh, sounds like she'd be a lot of fun to live with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you know, yes. You guys, you, you guys go out and have a good time. And yeah, I'm going to go with Jenny. All right. Aaron, who would you pick in this draft? Taking my wife. Choose her every day. You guys know. What a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Aaron's wife is like his left tackle, though. He's uh, She's always protecting his blind side when he gets made fun of. Ah, she's there right. to step that's in. True. She's my, she's my that's Russell, right. Russell, who do you take in the wife draft? With Mrs. Irrelevant in the draft, I'm going to have to take Matt's wife, Sarah. She lives in my same zip code. I can't pay the California state taxes to Mary Anna out in California. New York's Anna, a little too busy with down. me. So I'm going to I'm gonna take Mrs. Irrelevant Sarah out in Minneapolis, Minnesota. All if she'll right. have me. So next up, uh, rolling going. Matt, how's it going with you? Uh, good. I'll keep it pretty short. <laughs> I don't even know how we here. start, like, rolling right? going. How's it going with you here? at this point? Uh, I'm a, I, it turns out I'm a fraud. As oh, uh, no. most things mm-hmm. driving down the street the other day, uh, grandma and grandpa had their little three-year-old granddaughter on her bike, you know, and I slowed down to let them go. And no. was, they started waving. <laughs> oh, I literally said, oh, shit to myself. Yeah. Like, here I am. I'm a fraud. So I'm I believe fraud. you call that. We call that a hypocrite. A hypocrite. Yeah, <laughs> but I did. You know, they kind of waved me. I did go pretty quick. I said, oh, yeah, nope, nope, go. So I didn't do the double wave. Like, you, no, no, you go, you go. But you stopped and um, waved to them. And then when they didn't go, you peeled out like really <laughs> like aggressively. <laughs> I'm watching uh, a show that I'd never heard of, but somebody recommended to me called Fauda, F-A. Uda. What's it about? Um, it's it. it's a Israeli. It's about the Israeli Palestine conflict, and mm. it's it's essentially if you've seen the Shield back in the day with Michael Chiklis. Mm, great, one of my like, favorites. It's like uh, it's like the Shield, except uh, instead of cops and bad guys, it's Palestinians and Israelites, and it's great. It's 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 great. So Fauda, and then um, uh, last thing I got on my list is how do we get to the point where we don't need uh on if you're calling leaving a message on a cell phone or something mm. anymore where it says don't like stop 
Don't do that. After the beep, please, you know, leave your message after the beep. If you need, uh, want to leave your number, press two. If you need more, press, you know, how do we just get it so it just beeps? We don't have to go through that anymore. Like, aren't we, aren't we far enough along with cell phones and messages? It's going to be mind controlled artificial intelligence, right? I think that's the next step. It's going to be mind controlled AI. I think it's coming. No, 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 no. I cannot have mind controlled stuff being controlling computers that I'm running. That would be an absolute disaster. I would be fired almost immediately. <laughs> that would be so bad. So I don't know. I, I'm just I'm sick of waiting through those messages, and I just want to hang up instead of leaving messages anymore. But so when are you but, leaving messages? What's going on? What what you're well, sick of? I make of. it work. I, I could call people at work a lot. I don't know. Um, you oh. know, and we got to leave messages and everything. But why can't? Don't you think we just know by now that if if you call rings and it and goes to beep, you just know that that's message time. Well, Matt, in the in the dating world, I think the way this works is if they block your number after one ring, it goes right to voicemail. And so yeah. if it goes right to voicemail, you know that you're blocked, so you don't have to deal with too many rings. It just goes right to the voicemail, and they don't even ever have to hear. Well, I'm going to time fantastic. this because it's like it's like eight rings, and then it's like a voicemail message, like "Hi, you've reached Rob. I can't come to the phone right now." Please leave a message after the tone, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Oh, and make it a great day. And it's like, how about just beep? And then, you know, that's it. I don't know. I don't know. So that's my, that's my, uh, that's all I got for rolling going this week. If somebody could figure that out for me, I'd be, I'd If I got it. hired for a job and I wouldn't care what, they could be like, hey, you're going to make a half a million dollars a year, but you have to sit here for this job. And then they were like, you need to call people on the phone. I'd be like, well, I'll see you guys later. Yeah. Uh, it's been good knowing you. I think I'm going to, oh, ooh, I'm so busy right now. I, it, it, it's an absolute, the idea of calling somebody is an absolute nightmare to me. It's the worst. There's days, there's, yeah, there's days where I'm on the phone for hours and it gets long. Now, Aaron, long. You, you're a phone sex operator that calls women at home and sees if they want to do phone <laughs> sex. So how does that work? Yeah, it's all by appointment. So you never just pick up the phone and call. It's a you always set the appointment, and then you know they're going to be there. Call those warm leads in the business. Warm leads. <laughs> what a warm lead. Not a cold hey, call. It's a do, warm lead. You want to yeah. you want to hear something sexy? Okay, so for today for breakfast, the first thing I did is I got up and I made some vegetarian bacon. It's like who is this, Aaron? I, I tore a piece Rats. of of light aluminum foil straight across the ragged edge. There were no pinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah tell me more <laughs> they should you know what i wonder if you could start, set up a porn line like a, a sex phone line for just people that have been married a long time and it'd be like oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna come home and do the dishes and i'm not gonna tell you about it i'd be like oh yeah tell me more i want to hear that go on i'm gonna come home and i'm not gonna tell you about my day when you're watching a movie, I'm not going to interrupt you and say that we should watch something. But then when we're five minutes into what we're watching, I'm going to pull out my phone. I'm not going to do that to you. It's like, oh, yeah, I like this. This is great. I don't care if one night you shit in the bed by accident. That's not a big deal. Once again, all the way off the rails. It was kind of it was kind of an accident. Bear to bet you each have to do one. What what is this called? Absolutely warmly, not. Warmly. Yeah. Rosie Rosie last week said, "Remember, you make mistakes. You live with them for a long time." You know what? This is. I'm, I'm starting to learn. I'm starting to learn, guys. I'm not touching this one with a ten foot 
Wait, man, I just got a message over Zoom. A ten foot. I don't know, man. This. I wish she would just put the fork in the dishwasher. Yeah, I was going to say, man, it didn't stop you from the last hour before we recorded this, where you were talking yeah. about oh that damn God. spoon yeah, in the that's, dishwasher. That's our time, guys. That's uh, that's on the Double Secret Podcast. That's, Nobody yeah. knows about that podcast. If you want a copy of the Double Secret Podcast, just email in it. Beck did it better at gmail.com. I'll send it to you. I wish you would just stop talking about me not putting that oh. spoon in the dishwasher. <laughs> I'm not going to talk to you while you obviously have headphones in walking around and then get mad that you didn't hear a word I said for the last five minutes. I wouldn't do that. It's like, oh, yeah, this is so great. Anyway, uh, things are going well over here. Rosie, how's it going with you? Rolling going. It's going good. I will admit that uh, I was I, I asked the earlier question about uh, your greatest three minutes because I don't have the world's greatest rolling going. But I do want to give an update. And this, I'm not recycling a rolling going. Rolling going. I have a list much in the way that I'm going to clip does. you saying I'm not recycling, by the way. I'm not recycling my rolling going. My my lady rescued my aluminum foil. I know that our listeners have been on pins and needles. She saved the aluminum foil. I don't know how she did it. Champion. Yeah. You know what? We're all shocked that she figured it out, not (laughs) you two. We're just shocked that she's the one who fixed it. Very surprising, right? She fixed that little kink over there, didn't she? Did she yell at the aluminum foil for making? For making you mad and saying mad bad things about yeah, you, did she, she get did. mad at the aluminum foil? She wrote a letter to you? the editor of Reynolds for <laughs> making me upset and giving me a hard time. So I got to give her an absolute uh, shout out and props for that. Uh, the other thing I'm really excited about is um, you know DJ- what? I'm changing my draft pick. I'm taking your wife in the draft as well. That sounds great. <laughs> my wife comes to me with things like my wife comes to me with things like. I dropped my phone in the toilet. It doesn't work. And I haven't backed up my phone in 11 years. And I have everything is really important on there. Can you get it off for me? And oh, by the way, this is going to be, this is happening at 1130 at night when you're trying to go to sleep. Like my daughter, when we went down to Florida, my daughter did the thing where she, I, she was walking toward the water of the ocean with a phone in her pocket. And I said, oh, you know, be careful with your phone, whatever. She comes back five minutes later. She goes, my phone fell in the water and it washed out to sea. It's gone. <laughs> and I was like, What? She goes, yeah, it's gone. And of course she's crying. And of course <laughs> it washed out to see is the best part. Yeah, the worst part <laughs> is my parents, my parents are sitting right there. So I can't do what I want to do, which is like, what the fuck are you talking about? I fucking told you, don't bring your phone in the fucking water. You brought your phone in the ocean. What are you thinking? I told you I said so. So instead I had to be like, oh, okay, let me go look to see it. Meanwhile, it's like huge five foot waves crashing in. So I had to go out and like, act like I was looking in the ocean. And I was like, oh, okay, well, when's the last time you backed up your phone? She was like, Back up my phone. I was like, why does nobody else in my family back up anything? Nobody cares. And then they bring it to me like, where's all my pictures? Can you fix it? I was like, no, I can't. Guys, I'm, I'm living in hell. My life is hell. Between That's this and that life. podcast guy calling me, I'm really on edge today. Things I apologize to my wife, you. my kids, yeah. and everyone. You know, Rob, I don't think you I need therapy. I love when my spouse backs up the toilet with their phone <laughs> and it gets washed out to sea. Backs up the toilet with their phone. No, that... That doesn't happen. So I don't know. That doesn't happen that much, actually. That's a very different scenario. Aaron, but, I interrupt. Uh, I apologize. No, I was. Well, it's interesting that you've mentioned being on the beach because I've been thinking about summer coming up and it hopefully is going to be a different and better summer this year. And DJ Khaled, surprise, dropped a new album, I think, yesterday. He just finalized the track list. He added a, a late track with Cardi B. And it's great. I've uh, just started listening to it today. There's a a track with both Nas and Jay-Z on it, which we'll discuss why that's significant. So uh, it's exciting because DJ Khaled albums are kind of like these events where he's just bringing in 
all kinds of guests and uh, it's like it's like a party in in an in an album form. So I'm excited about that. I'm gonna dig into that a little bit more and enjoy some uh, some other tunes when I'm not studying up for the podcast. So that's where I'm at. I, I I DJ Khaled is a total blank spot in my life. Like what does he do? Does he literally just make the beats and then invite people to come in and he just yells over the music or what? Yeah, I think that's I only about know right. him for yeah. memes. No, I think that's pretty much right. He's he's a he's he's kind of like it's like his albums are like he's the the host of a party where he's just like we the best music and then like you like another one and then all of a sudden Lil Wayne's rapping. It's like it, it's great. It's like a it's like what you would hope to see on your best VR concert. <laughs> By the way, Guns N' Roses did have that VR concert, and my kid was like, "Do you want to watch this movie with me?" And I was like, "I have to say yes to watch this movie with my kid because if she gets older and goes to therapy, he's like, yeah." My dad didn't watch a movie with me. And then I went in his room and he was watching a Guns N' Roses concert from two years ago on VR. I was like, that's fucked up. I can't do that. You just see me doing like the guitar solo from November right in front of the church with my VR goggles on. I'm like, she's like, dad, I thought we were going to watch Billie Eilish. Meanwhile, my cell phone floated out to sea. Russ, if you have a cell phone that's small enough to fit down a toilet when you flush it, that cell phone is too small. Your cell phone needs to get bigger. Your cell phone needs to be a mighty log that would never go down the toilet. I got one of those flip phones. I don't know. It seems to work. (laughs) You got one of those jitterbug old people phones. It's like huge numbers. One, two. Okay. I was going to say the numbers. I was literally going to say one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm a fucking idiot. Now now you're doing it. (laughs) You know what? We're down to a 6.1 in my book. All you missed was seven, eight, nine, and zero. Trust me, it's really bugging me that it is. You're almost there. Rosie, is that it, Rosie? That's it. I'm good. Yeah, that's all I got. Russ, rolling going. How's it going with you? Um, so the other day I went on a date with a woman and she announced she was pregnant at about 10 minutes into the date. So I just, how do you guys deal with that? First date, first date, 10 minutes in. First round draft pick of, a, of an online date and you get the announcement that, yes, I'm actually, um, I'm not drinking today. Not because I, I haven't had a good experience with alcohol. It's not my thing. I'm allergic. It's. Yeah, I'm actually pregnant. So I, I oh, yeah, that's my life. <laughs> we, we can just move on. That, that's my life. <laughs> doesn't that seem like, I mean, isn't that something that there's got to be stuff that there's like rules of things you have to disclose. You would think so. <laughs> so could you I tell, mean, Was did it come out? Like, could you, as she walked up to the table, right. were you like, well, I'm curious about whether this woman is pregnant or not. Or did you like, how did this, was it nope. a complete surprise to you? Nope. Couldn't tell. Nope. Okay. Okay, so nope, early on, tell. early, early in the, in, the, in the process. Okay, yep. just an announcement. Uh, there was an announcement about five minutes in. We were ordering a drink, and she mentioned before that she did not drink, and I was like, "That's fine. I don't care. It's teach their own." And um, she said it again. We were sitting there for a few minutes, and I was like, "Okay." And then she said, "I'm pregnant." And I was like, "I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a joke." And then it came up another time, and it was clear it was not. It was yeah. This this is so, my life. So on the second date, did you like figure out the backstory? Yeah. <laughs> Third date, you're in the hospital holding a leg. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond. This is my life. Okay. Uh, we can just fucking move on. David Bowie. <laughs> I, no, I kind of, I do kind of want to peel into this a little bit. Please, please peel. There, it's an onion. There's, there's plenty so of layers. What exactly did you say when she said, I'm pregnant and you said ha 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 and then she goes no i'm actually pregnant i can't drink like how much longer does the date go on then uh, and did the thought cross your this. mind of like i can raw dog this. Night, you know what i mean night. like you, <laughs> she's not gonna get pregnant again 
She's not. It's the ultimate birth control. I actually, oh, I don't know if I can ever take this back if I say, I'm just going to be quiet. No. I can't take it back. I did we'll happen wait, to read we'll a wait. news article on like CNN or something this week where a woman had two different children within like three months of each other where they were conceived while she was pregnant. So that may or may not have crossed well, my possible. mind. Rob. What? It's possible. Uh-oh. I think I found my new kink. This is weird. This is going to get real <laughs> <No>. weird. <laughs> this is not good. I don't know. Just, yeah. <laughs> I got nothing on this. So, no, no, but how long did the date last after that? Like, what do you do after that? I mean, do you? We continued our brunch. I don't know. Yeah. That's good. That's that's the gentlemanly thing to do. And so at that point, you're just like, well, I'm going to get a meal out of this. Did she order two brunches? Oh. She did She did not order two, but I. She's eating for two. I'm eating for two. <laughs> Drinking for zero. I'm eating for two. I don't even. What if, what if, what if it's. I got a feeling she was paying for she was paying for zero on this date too. I got a feel. <laughs> Russ is paying for you two. You got to get a little quicker She's on that Monday night exit on the SMAs here, Rob. I mean, if you can't laugh, you would cry. I'm over paying this for type two, of shit, right? Yeah. Eating for two, but paying for zero. When Whoops, she sees the bill coming, she's like, <laughs> she's out of there. Oh boy. So yeah. <clears throat> I mean, think of the money you'd save on condoms, Russell. It'd be in the millions. I I think that's a great cost benefit. You got to think about it. You know what I mean? You know, it's your yellow pad. It puts the positives on the one side and the negatives on the other. I would say it would get tougher and tougher because I think it is important. Like if you break up with somebody, especially if you've been dating for a while to do it in a public place, I would say you have until they're about six months pregnant and then dumping them in a public place is problematic. Right. If you're dating somebody who's visibly pregnant and you have to break up in a public place, that looks really, really bad where you're just like, yeah, this isn't really working out. Well, see you later. And everybody looks around. They're like, wait, what? You're just like, that would be that, that, you know, Rob, that's the, that's the thinking three or four step. That's playing chess instead of checkers. Yeah. And that's why we appreciate you as the lead host of this podcast. Cause that's, that's the how you main host, so, main host, main host, the main host of this podcast. Yeah. If you miss your window though, you're in big, big trouble. So, uh, yeah. Russell that, uh, I have to say, I am kind of reevaluating what I was saying earlier about my marriage and all those jokes I was making about the, uh, marriage phone sex line. My life does sound <laughs> better than that. Okay. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> that, you, it's just all your stories. Just, they add up to just such a wild, <laughs> What do you even? What do you, what do you do? What do you do? Let's talk about this album. I, I, yes. this, we are talking about Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars by David Bowie. It came out in '72, and I've got my three senses about the album. Basically, this is our first glam rock album that we have covered, right? And I just got done watching the David Bowie Ziggy Stardust. Uh, it, it wasn't really a documentary; it's just kind of a concert film. And I would say the first 15 minutes are just him getting makeup applied. It's just uh, it's just tons and tons of makeups, and most of the movie is just outfit changes. Um, it's it reminded me very much of seeing when I went and saw Lady Gaga in concert, where you would have these long extended guitar solos, and you knew that she was going to come back out in like three new outfits. That's kind of what I'm what David Bowie was doing. Uh, he wrote a lot of these songs at the same time he wrote the earlier album Hunky Dory, which was much more piano led, but his keyboardist quit after that album. And so this uh, album comes in as much more kind of guitar heavy. And 
when he wrote this album, he kind of was able to put it together as sort of a, a loose opera with Ziggy Stardust being a character. And you're going to hear me talk about that as we go through the song. Is there any, is, is Ziggy Stardust based on Jimi Hendrix in any way? He has that line about playing guitar left-handed, right? Is he, is I he saw a lot of talking people, about Jimmy at all? I saw a lot of people reference that. They thought maybe that he was, I mean, he obviously, this album came out because he, on his American tour, he heard a lot of American music. And you hear him say a lot of uh, like American English terms in this whole album. So he was definitely influenced. It's kind of like the Rolling Stones when they came to the United States and they heard all this music and yeah. uh, started doing more and more music like that. But And Jimmy was still for sure in 72, like a, a specter hanging over all of, of music, right? He had, oh, he had changed yeah. the game so much. Clearly oh, all ab- of the. Absolutely. So let's get into it. The first song, Five Years. This might be one of the top opening tracks we've heard. On this I list. just so love it. Yeah. What? Why does it jump out to you guys so much? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the build up here at the end where they get to it, but it's just like it starts with that drum beat. And just listen to this. It kind of builds to a crescendo a little bit, doesn't it's it? It's so good. Yeah. Listen to the end of this. Listen to this. Feels like it sets the whole album up right up on a T and says, yeah. "Here we go. Here's what you're here's what you're getting into." But it's like Ravel's Bolero, where it's just the same same rhythm over and over, and it keeps building and building because you keep hearing that same tripping drum rhythm, which just starts out so great, and then there's more and more layers. But yeah, Sounds- I mean, for me, like you start an album quietly with this like skipping, lilting drum rhythm, and then warm, big old piano chords. I'm in. Like I, that's it for me. I was telling these guys, Russell, if you watch the concert footage of David Bowie, it is impossible to not keep your eyes on him when he's performing. It is absolutely incredible how much he can hold the stage and act super cool doing it. Like he's sitting there just like, oh, this is just me doing something, you know, I would do every day. It'd be like me starting the shower and he's up there belting out these songs and he just looks so awesome doing it. It's like, it's addicting to listen to. I love the voice. And I love, I do love the mix of this album. I think it just sounds so crisp yes. and like, like I, I, there's so many of these songs that I would, I would be like, well, I don't know this song by name. And then I listen to it and I was like, God damn, I do love this song. Like I know it and I just love it. And the mix is otherworldly because you hear, and um, I had a brief but intense love affair with the Flaming Lips album, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots. And I was never a Bowie guy. Loved that Fleming Lips album, Lips album, and now I listen to this and I know where they got it. And it's this otherworldly mix where you hear acoustic guitar, electric guitar, strings, all perfectly balanced. Where if you were in a concert hall, you wouldn't be able to hear it that way. And so it's definitely from another planet. And the mix, you're you're absolutely right, Rob. It's just perfect. All I heard Aaron say was a brief and intense love affair, and then, <laughs> then I, I zoned out. I came back in a little bit when he said lips, but then I did zone out again. Yeah. All right. Uh, just like me when I'm looking at my shoes, soul love. I'm so sorry. Oh. So here he's talking about how Ziggy Stardust has, is examining the humans, and he's talking about the intense love they have for each other. And he's also starting to make nods toward soul music, right? He's using the bass line from Stand By Me pretty much. And he, he, for the rest of his career, I think, was always kind of considered blue-eyed soul and blurring those boundaries. I got I to gotta, I gotta ask. I, so I, this was just kind of a, an okay album for me. Like, I, Obviously, I think it's great music stuff, but it just doesn't get to me that much. But I, the first thing I read on 
Wikipedia's The Rise of Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars is about a bisexual alien rock star. Androgynous. Superstar named Ziggy Stardust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Black, that makes it that much more interesting. I wish I would have read that like before tonight when I was listening to the album to kind of say, well, okay, who's this bisexual? And, and I'll tell you so, what, if you're wondering what an androgynous bisexual rock star looks like, you got to watch this Ziggy Stardust with David Bowie performing. You have never seen so many silk kimonos of so many different lengths. He's got one silk kimono that comes out. It like barely covers his crotch. You can't look away. It's just like, he's like, you. he's just like super, he's just attractive, just straight up. He's a great wow, looking guy. He looks man, unbelievable. Yeah. If I wore a white kimono, people would be trying to spear me. Like it would be are a you, disaster. Are you looking for his, are you trying to, is you looking for like a trouser snake slip? Is that what you're I mean, I think like people that, were trying to spear always. David Bowie too, but in a different way. Aaron, uh, Aaron, and Rob, Aaron and Rob, are you guys willing to put every single dollar this podcast could ever make in the future if Matt would be willing to wear one white silk kimono at one point in his life? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yes. In. Yep. All the way in. Yep. So, so far, the pot is negative $120 that we paid <laughs> to Podbean. Uh, all right. On this song, though, David Bowie did play his own saxophone solo. Ooh, I didn't know that. You don't often hear the lead singer playing the saxophone on their album, right? No, this is, I mean, and listen to this. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Like, in the mix, it's so clear, and the saxophone is so upfront. It just is like, I love it. A lot of, one of his big influences was actually Velvet Underground for a lot of this album, but this, it sounds so much better than that album did. It's, It's just crazy to me. All right, Moon Age Daydream. And this is about Matt. It's introducing Ziggy Stardust. So listen up. You could learn a little something here. It sounds like Sabbath. I was going to say, is that one of the best opening chords in a song? Just crazy. Does does this sound a little Billy Joel to you guys? I don't know who came first, but do you hear the similarity there at all or not? But yeah, all is Billy Joel, Elton John. It's all it's all kind of coming up around the same time, right? I mean, I think I don't know if they would have heard one another at this point, but but yeah. One thing I noticed on the song, do you guys hear the the guitar solo at the end of this song, Rob? I don't know if you can pull that up. So this is this guy Mick Ronson. I don't know if he's one of the fam- most famous guitar players ever, but this just kind of jumped out at me. His sound sounded very unique, right? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of started looking. I was like, what makes his sound so unique? And it turns out that he used a wah-wah pedal. We've never talked wah-wah pedals before. And so I thought we would go and do a list on the greatest wah-wah pedal songs of all time. I'm thinking he's doing some Clapton stuff here, but we'll see what's on your list. Hey, dude, I've I've heard from you guys that we're not Eric Clapton fans. He's not on the list. That's fine. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Why is he said some problematic stuff? I'm not aware. <laughs> the the interesting thing when you listen to that song with Mick Ronson, so it's a lot of times with Wawa, you hear kind of this back and forth, the the crying almost, if you will. Rob, you're you're a guitar player. Maybe you can explain what a Wawa pedal does. I have no fucking idea. I mean, I know when you push it, it goes wah 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 wah, and I'm assuming it just does that by. That sounds like the scene in the Howard Stern movie. Altering what frequencies come out? I don't know. So the interesting thing, though, is you don't quite hear that in this last song, and the reason is is that Mick Ronson would pick a spot on the wah wah pedal and he would leave it there, and some people call that a parked wah wah, or some people call it Rob a half cocked wah pedal. So he would, that was he my would play in high school. <laughs> so he would play a, a half cocked wah pedal, mm-hmm. a half cocked wah, if you will. 
The best three minutes of my day. But I decided we need to branch out beyond the half-cocked wah pedals and and do the full wah-wah pedal song. So the first one on the list is a guy named Melvin Wawa Watson. Have you guys, Aaron, have you heard of this guy before? No, I'm not familiar at this all. Is this is him. Exciting. He played with, remember when we talked about the Funk Brothers who were a session oh, band yeah. in Motown? Yeah, from, the, from, from Motown, yeah. So he played with a group that I believe Aaron really likes, The Temptations. This was you know Papa I love was the a Rolling Stone. Check this out. Oh, great song. Oh, yeah. That has got some Wawa on it, does it not? And yes. that's how they do this part, too, where it goes... You scratch the thing and play the wah-wah pedal. I spent yes. so much time as a kid trying to memorize where the vocals come in on this song because it's oh. like a five-minute intro, and I spent and so I'll much time what. trying to see if I could get it right. Russell sent me, like, the 20-minute version of this song that I've never heard before where the intro was even longer. Oh, I'll send you a link to it, Rosie. you got to check it out. It's it's incredible, like, because I, I, I know when the words come in, where he's like, Papa was a rolling stone. And right. I'm like, but, so, but this was so was much longer. It's so good. So this is Melvin Wawa Watson as he became known. And and he actually died a few years ago. And in uh, a eulogy on Twitter, actually, Questlove, if anyone's ever heard of this guy named Questlove, I don't know, Aaron, <laughs> maybe you've heard of him. You're just but he sent, me he's, now. <laughs> he sent out a tweet and he essentially said, I can't describe how much this particular guitar god impacts all of our lives. You know when it's sexy time, the go-to soundtrack in your head is the pimped-out version of Bow Chicka Wow Wow. Yeah, right. And that comes from Melvin Wawa Watson. So when you hear the, and you think the Bow Chicka Wow Wow, this is the guy it comes from. I was like, that's so cool, can isn't you, it? Can excellent. you imagine how lucky it is that some guy named Wawa Watson got into playing the Wawa pedal on a guitar? <laughs> like, that's crazy. That's as crazy yes. as those guys What's named the, the, the Funk Brothers getting into Motown. Like, that's just so yeah. serendipitous. I love it. Yeah. So going through the rest of the list, there are so many amazing Wawa songs. So I decided what I was going to do is make sure that I hit all of your guys' love languages for the next few songs on the list. So we're going to do it a little (laughs) bit different this time. So I figure we're going to go on. Rob, I believe you're, I feel like you're a gifts guy. You love gifts. So I'm going to give you a gift right now. And the gift is, I know you're a big Jimi Hendrix fan, mm-hmm. and this is Voodoo Child, The Slight Return. This is probably the most famous Wawa song ever. Check this part out. Man, listen to Ben that thing. Woo. Yes. And so, Rob, if this wasn't a gift enough, some of you may know that this was also Hollywood Hulk Hollywood Hogan. Hogan. Famous <laughs> entrance song when he was the Hollywood. So, Rob, yeah, before he became famous for the adult film, this was his entrance music. Oh, and even at the age of... <laughs> when I was 18 years old and... <laughs> Hogan made that heel turn. I was still really upset. Go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, I, I mean, we're gonna get deep into the. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Russell always handled that better than me, but probably because Russell was a Charles Barkley guy instead of a Jordan guy. I was so upset about Hogan going heel, and Russell was like, "This is how it goes. Like this is this is how this works." He was much more mature than I. Yeah, Aaron. It goes both ways, though. You were much more excited about the Hulk Hogan sex tape than I was. So, like each of our moments. Yeah, and that I was gonna say, him going heel is not the worst thing he's done in his life. If you actually look at the transcript of that sex tape, oh, he said some pretty bad stuff out of there. Yeah, this doesn't make it quite as fun. Hey, brother, you thought it was better, and when I'm going heel, wait till I'm going and I'm deep dick friend's wife. Oh yeah, 
I'm giving her a I'm giving her the flying. That was my name for a penis flying leg drop. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. See, this was a gift for Rob. Rob, I, I, I give you that gift. Next up, Aaron, you said you were a quality time guy. Yeah. And I like so when time. it comes to quality time with the Wawa, this is the Funkadelic, the Maggot Brain is the name of the song. This is Eddie Hazel, who does a 10-minute guitar solo featuring the Wawa pedal. Check yes. this out. First track off of Maggot Brain. He was 20 when he played this. He was 20 years old. My life has been a waste. 20 years old. That yeah. thing wah-wahs back and forth, does it oh, not? Oh, this thing will just, yeah, it'll blow your mind. Aaron, I read that uh, George Clinton realized like how powerful this solo was, and there was a bass and drums on this song, and he just cut it all out of the song and turned it into a 10-minute... 10, 10 Guitar yeah. solo with the Wawa. Like, is this not quality time? Ten minutes of the Wawa for you, Aaron. You don't know how many times I've been listening to this in the house and my wife comes in and she's like, what is wrong? What is going on? Why are you listening to this music? <laughs> and and you're like, sweetie, I'm just, I'm in the living room with the lights off, sharpening my <laughs> knives. Not a big deal. It's 3.30 in the morning. You need to leave. Don't worry about it. Next up on the list, Matt, you once said you were an acts of service guy. and Yep. I'm going to give an active service to you because you deserve an active service today. You normally, you are such a Pearl Jam guy. You love listening to Pearl Jam. There are so many like 80s and 90s bands that use the Wawa pedal. Metallica, Guns N' Roses use it all the time. But my active service is to give you a little bit of Pearl Jam today. Oh. This is the solo at the end of a live. Check out the Wawa pedal Ooh. here. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Mike McCready, they do an extended version of this at all their concerts and turn it into like a back and forth with the audience. It's great. I can't wait to get back to live music. Well, we we just we don't hear enough Pearl Jam on this podcast. We don't. And Matt, yeah, that's why I'm gonna start figuring it out. Get some more Pearl Jam in this. From me to you. Oh, Russell, so that that's is I appreciate it. that's uh, that that was an excellent uh, act of service. There, you know Russell. what? Thank though? you. The other thing is we have to look out for the love language of our listeners. Like I'm doing nice things for you. Rob's been complaining that we don't pick his talking head songs or whatever his band is. What's what's the band name? Again? <laughs> they might be uh, giants. They might be giant songs. So I, Rob, I tried to give you a little, little Jimi Hendrix. So we got to, you know, our listeners come for, for Aaron's laugh and Rob's introduction voice and Matt's parenting tips, but they really stay for Beck. And there is actually a couple amazing Beck Wawa songs. The first is Jeff Beck. I ain't superstitious. Check this song out. Oh, whoa. If I had a guitar and a Wawa pedal, this is all I would do. It would just be like, un- it would be all day. Like this would be, this is a perfect response. When, if somebody was like, Hey, can you come over here and do the dishes? From the breakfast that I made with all the eggs in it, and I didn't do the dishes, and now I'm mad at you for the dishes not being done. I'd just be like, wow, 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 It's so funny you say that, Rob. I was reading something, and they said about the way Jeff Beck played the wow wow pedal. He said, his guitar is so intense that at times it makes it sound like the instrument is talking. So it is exactly what you're talking about. But finally, some of our listeners want the real namesake of this podcast. It's Beck Hansen or whatever his name is, the, the Beck that we know. We're not I sure. Hear it. And so he actually covered a song by George Harrison, who wrote a song about the Wawa pedal called Wawa. This is Beck's oh. cover of George Harrison's song, Wawa. Check it out. Oh, 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Is Beck playing guitar in here? Oh, I like it. Yes. He's got the perfect sunshiny sound. So that goes out to all our listeners, and I got to ask you guys: when it comes to the wah wah pedal, who does it better? Beck did it better. Oh, sorry. Beck did it better. (laughs) Eddie Hazel did it better. Oh, wait. Next up, one of my favorite songs, maybe of all time, and one of my wrestlers that I would always pick when I played pro wrestling oh, on yes. the NES. Oh, that game was so cheap. Star that was Man. Man. I wish David Bowie had a song called Amazon Man or King Slender. I would take either one. There's another cut for about two listeners out there. Man. This feels like a nod to Motown too with the piano. That sounds like it could have come from a Supreme song to me. Aaron, Aaron, I thought you would be way ahead of the game on this one. You know what this song is a nod to? I do not. Did you guys not hear the octave jump in the in the chorus there? Star I believe that's called an octave jump, Aaron. Maybe you should study some music theory. <laughs> I guess I should have, yeah. <laughs> I've read that this is actually inspired. By somewhere over the rainbow, if you're that star man, that oh, jump. Of course, yeah, tell us totally what an right. octave jump is. Can you explain what that is? It's yeah, it's octave. going. It's, a, yeah. it's eight but steps. But in one it's, note, but there's doesn't not even a know what start off at one octave. Is everybody yeah, up another? Yeah, yeah. But if you look, there's not what a lot of pop down or, octave? or rock songs where they do that octave jump. It's That's very, true. very few. And so it, I read that this was exactly mimicking the somewhere over the rainbow. If you listen to that, play it again, Rob. Play the Starman part. Oh, God. It's, you'll hear the somewhere. There's a star man waiting in the yeah. Same thing. yeah, and also, yeah, like, to be able to sing it that way. Okay, so let's nice. see. Let's see, because I got so it. So are right you going to play us from somewhere over the rainbow? Oh, God, you're ripping my guts out. Oh. Judy it's an octave jump, but Forever. I couldn't tell, Aaron. I was going to do a list on the greatest octave jump songs ever, but some people claim it's only a major seventh, whatever the hell that means, and then I got confused. Well, that would be just short of an octave, yes. Yeah, Aaron doesn't know. Everybody knows that an octave's eight, right? Yeah. Oh, he knows yeah. more than Aaron. Aaron, didn't you study this shit? Listen, Aaron probably doesn't even know about Circle of Fifths. I mean, come on. I'm what are just we doing thinking, I'm, just, I'm thinking, now. I mean, somewhere over the rainbow might be a major seventh. But no, the only other song Aaron, that can kept- you go into your tiny house and get your wife out here and maybe we can talk some music. <laughs> the only other song that kept coming up, maybe Rob could try to one. sing this part. Is you guys remember the song by Aha? Take on me. There's take a take on, on me. That was the other one that people take said might have been an octave or major. Keep going. Yep. No, I so think good. that's a yeah. The one I think of is there's a place for us from or also called somewhere actually from. Uh, West Side Story, but that might be a minor seventh, so we don't want to get yeah, we don't do want to take do? our you listeners too far down that. Is. I was thinking, <sighs> I was just basking in, and then you play hey, Judy Rob, Garland. Like I can't, Rob. Can't sometimes this podcast it ain't easy. On. It ain't easy. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a song by a guy. This is the only song on the album that Bowie didn't write. I mean, listen to this. By the way, it just sounds so fucking good. Right. And listen to this right here. Yeah. Sounds like Zeppelin, I mean, right? It's it's like it, he's got emotion in all these songs. I mean, if, if I wrote you a song and I was like, guys, I hear some Beatles I'm writing in there a too, song though. about fucking aliens. They're going to come down. You'd be like, oh, okay. You, I'm definitely not going to take this seriously. Meanwhile, you listen to these songs. They're mind-blowing. And just to show you how talented David Bowie is, not just as a singer, but like an arranger and like the whole tone of this. 
This is from 1970. This is Three Dog Night. Okay, Ooh, singing the exact same song. Listen to how shitty this podcast. sounds next to that. I mean, I'm not loving the harpsichord. Yeah. Lame. Listen to it right here. Here it comes. Get out of here. Like, no. Sounds like Matt's boy, yeah. Bob Dylan. Bowie just took the whole thing and put it on 10. That's incredible. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's it's, yeah, it's way crazy. Different. That's a fun exercise to think about a song in different people's hands. Thank you, Rob. That was nice. What's something you guys think is easy that other people don't? That people can't just can't figure it out. I'm going to go first, and it's backing up my phone. It's not that hard. <laughs> it automatically backs up. All my photos are there. All the contacts are there. We don't have to have an emergency at 1030 on a work night. I'll tell you what. I, I got one. Doing the dishes. It's pretty darn easy to just put the dishes in. Oh, put no, that kidding. spoon in there. Just, just put it in, in there. there. Come on. Matt, are you of, are you of a putting the, washing the dishes or putting the dishes away guy? What, what would you prefer? Christ, have like we talked about this? It? I feel like we've talked about this on an no, episode. No, that's, that's the laundry. I don't mind doing the laundry. I don't like folding it and putting it away, remember? Oh. But yes, no, I, I like doing dishes. I like having a nice clean kitchen at the end of the night, waking up and... Put my coffee on in the morning. Just, just Matt's talking about feeling. the laundry. Meanwhile, his his mom has escaped the cage in the basement. Is running across behind me. <laughs> running, go she's out. And do the laundry. I'm free. So I'm sorry, Matt. I wasn't listening at all. I was thinking how funny that joke was. So would you rather put the dishes away or wash the dishes? Wash the dishes. Wash. Them. That's what you should put on your Bumble thing, Russell's. What you, what you prefer? I think there's two kinds. You got to find that other kind of person out there. What about you, Aaron? Between putting the dishes away and washing them. Have you been fucking listening to this podcast? <laughs> but God been, damn it. What did you not think I was well, going to come talk to you? I'm so glad you called Aaron first. I wasn't listening either. Okay. Do you have a dishwasher? Do you have a dishwasher? Yes, we do. It's one of the more modern amenities of our house. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I like, I like putting the dishes away um, because it's like a nice Zen kind of experience, you know, Take, but that's when they come out of the dishwasher. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Do you like, yeah, I enjoy that. What the fuck? Do you like, I'm asking if you like putting them into the dishwasher or taking them out If people like them different amounts. You like taking them, taking out, them out. Yeah. I like taking them out. I like taking them out too. But then I realized that we have, for some reason, I think our mugs are having sex with each other and replicating. We have what? so many mugs. I don't what? know where these mugs come. I bet we have a hundred mugs. I bet, I bet if you, if you, if I told you we have a hundred mugs, that's not crazy. How do we have a hundred mugs? I've never bought how a mug. In how my many life. people you got that live in your house? Yeah, four, two who use and mugs. I'm breaking how, how mugs often do you, constantly. Yeah, how often do you do the dishes? <laughs> Rob, At least when is the every last other time? day, right? So Rob, at most you need four mugs, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's all you need. Yeah, maybe yeah. try four hundred. I thought your I thought your friend who you pay to come over and hang out at your house does the dishes and puts the dishes Listen, away. She's been gone this week. Oh, hell and high wheels. My up. marriage is on a knife's edge right now. And it doesn't help <laughs> oh, we couldn't tell from this whole podcast, everything home. we were talking about. I came like, home the yeah, other day no and the apartment was spotless. It was just spotless. And, and Jenny had not been working. She'd been at home all day. And you can imagine being married to me as a real treat oh, because no. I came home and I, I said, I said, here. the girls have kept the apartment so clean. I'm so proud of them. And she was so mad at me for saying that. I thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing of all time just to joke about. You know, and then meanwhile, I threw my bag directly on the couch and like took off my socks and put them on the ground. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I, <laughs> and then the dog promptly ate them. So you don't have to worry about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, he is pooping out something. He ate something. I'm not sure what it is. It's some piece of fabric, though. He, Check back next week just to see. <laughs> his name should be Loom because that's what comes out of the bottom of all the time. It's just like a, some, a piece of a sock. Russ, what do you like? Do you like putting the dishes away or taking them out? 
You understand what I'm saying? I like breaking <laughs> out the body glitter, spiking my hair, and feeling free to explore some ambiguous couture. <clears throat> then I enjoy serving up Sounds a glorious like pair of champagne cocktails. And that's what I'm doing tonight on doing side two of this album. Have you guys done a French 75? What Ooh. is this, Aaron? I'm doing one. Have you done one? Um, I, yes. I had a girlfriend a party. Who did that is there once. gin involved? There is gin, lemon juice, simple syrup, and champagne. Delicious. A French 75. Have you done this? Yeah, I think we might have done it for the Oscars once. Weren't you Frenching some 75 on a date a couple weeks ago? Weren't you telling <laughs> us about that? 7.5. Yeah, Son of a bitch. That's, that's, that's 0.4 seven, higher that's than a, us. That's way above a 7.3. Yeah, we only had a 7.3. Yeah. No. Rob, uh, Rob, you know it's bad when my dating standards are higher than this podcast rating. That's bad news. Is it? Well, just to let you know, the Beck, the, did a, the Beck did a better Instagram account, does follow this guy now. So, <laughs> way to go, Rob. We had a real funny thing going, and I said something so stupid. No. You guys want to hear about my mug some more? All right. So what are you, what, what are you <laughs> drinking? Replicated? What are you drinking? Yes. Champagne and what? What's in there? There's gin, lemon juice, champagne. And then it called for simple syrup, but I don't have that. So I just poured some honey in there. I figured that would probably Ooh, do nice. the trick. Yeah, kind of like a bee's knees with champagne. I like using agave instead of simple syrup. I think that's really good. All right. Lady Stardust. This is the one where I had it on and Jenny was like, this sounds a lot like Elton John. That's what I thought, too. So who came first? Is Elton John first or Bowie or who's taking from who? They must have been sharing back and forth, right? If this is 72, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road was what, 74? 73? But they had to have been aware of one another. I think the last song on the list sounds a lot like Pink Floyd. There's a lot of taking from each other with different oh, artists at this time, right? Well, you know who he says that this song is about? Tongue in Cheek, about Lady Stardust. He claims it's about one of his biggest influence, who is Mark Boland. Do you know who Mark Boland is? Oh, from no, T-Rex. who is it? He was the singer of T-Rex. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this was a song I never understood growing up. This, this gave me some weird idea that there was a gong next to adults' beds. <laughs> and like, if you had yeah, sex, yeah, I thought this is a rolling stone. It's time to get it on. Are you going to tell us what this is about? Oh, this would be a good song to do a parody song to. I got like 10 parody songs just to this one right in my head already. Ready, go. Diamond Star Halo. Aaron's Dong. It's, I mean, it's not long. <laughs> it's not long. It's not long. Jokes right themselves. It's, it's so easy. Gorgeous dog. It ain't easy. Gorgeous dog. All right. Star. This is about how Ziggy's going to come down and save the world as a rock and roll star. Just the instrumentation in this album. Every song is slightly different, but everything is so well thought out. This has the kind of honky tonk piano in it. Yeah. This this sounds like a a Beatles song. or it kind of sounds like a crocodile rock, right? Where Elton John was trying yes. to get that '50s sound, right. but it's like, yeah, he, he he. This album has the the songs are jamming, and even the slow ones are super super catchy. I mean, we've complained on so many albums that like, oh, this is where this album hits a lull; it slows down. I this album hasn't done that yet. Like it, the slower no. songs are almost more catchy than the faster songs. It's crazy. There are, hook, there are hooks all over it, oh, right? There are hooks yeah. that make you engage you back in every song. I love it. It's crazy. Okay, here's a song dedicated to me 
at a middle school dance. It's called Hang On To Yourself. A lot of people think this is a <laughs> proto-punk song. Yeah, I can hear that. I mean, you can hear this going right into the reports, right? Yes. Velvet Underground into it, yeah. yeah. Totally. What's a funky thigh collector? What's a funky thigh collector? Let me Google it real quick. Funky. <laughs> oh, wait. I misspelled funky. Uh-oh. This is taking me on a weird path. I don't know. Oh, the link's purple. Oh, I stole your joke. <laughs> Matt, who do you I'm think it funk. sounds like? You were you were saying something there. Oh, it just it, fe- it feels like that kind of that New York rock scene from the late 60s, early 70s. So Velvet yeah. Underground and, and some of those uh, early rock bands that came out of uh, New York. I, I know it sounds similar to Velvet Underground. We don't have to get into this with the final ranking, but how do you like this compared to Velvet Underground's album? Way better. Oh, a hundred times better. Yeah. This is a hundred thousand times better. Like, I agree. I agree. I mean, there are pretty moments on here, and and I guess there are pretty moments on Velvet Underground too, but I think top to bottom, this thing just has really beautiful music on it, whereas Velvet Underground had some beautiful tunes and then some stuff that just sounded drumming. This, this always gets it. into it. And I don't want to make, I'll do this really short, but you know, this kind of gets to the whole thing that velvet underground was probably three to four to five years before this, before mm-hmm. the kind of the yeah, creation of this. So, yeah. so did this lead to did the velvet underground help make this yes. album kind of a deal? So it's yep. influential. So that's why that album's rated higher and blah, blah, blah. So he said that he said that the yeah. velvet underground is a huge influence. In yeah. fact, there's a song coming up that is very velvet underground ish. But the question is this, like, would you rather hear the Velvet Underground sing these songs, or would you rather hear Bowie sing the Velvet Underground songs? I would love to hear a version of Bowie singing heroin. Like, that would be unbelievable. I might take Bowie singing about anything right now. I mean, this is this album is bad. It's so good. Get Nico out of there. And, oh. <laughs> We're really talking. All right, Ziggy Stardust. Guitar Hero favorite of mine. You guys oh, ever yes. play the game Guitar Hero back in yep. the game? I, oh, this is where I heard this song for the first time. Was on, on the game. I'll tell you if you watch that Ziggy Stardust live concert film, his guitarist is so fucking good live. It's crazy. Like just slays and plays long solos so that he can go and change outfits. It's so great. You get a new kimono. Ziggy played guitar. A lot oh, of these songs. I, I before we went down this journey i had not listened to this album start to finish but i know all of these songs from seu george's covers mm-hmm. from yes. the life aquatic uh so do I. soundtrack and they're great songs they hold up he does them all acoustic he sings them in portuguese and they're fantastic and so i know all of them from listening to him do it and then listening uh, to the originals has been so much fun because they're just great songs guys aaron just talked about a guy who sings david Bowie songs on acoustic guitar in portuguese and I knew what he was talking about. <laughs> I need to go take a long walk Break and evaluate my life. Up. I have Break to go think about up. who I am, choices I've made, how I've gotten to something where Aaron said something so ridiculous. And I was like, yeah, I do enjoy that. I also had that CD. It was probably in the Jeep. It got stolen as well. Rob, can you not talk about the Portuguese this, things with the Life Aquatic anymore? This did have the greatest, my favorite line in the album. Of, it was in Ziggy Stardust. He was the nice with God-given ass. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> God-given ass. The, the line before, it says they were the NAS, N-A-S. And I was like, wow, that's a, he just literally was just like, man, this word is going to rhyme with ass. Actually, I went to a David Bowie museum uh, exhibition in Chicago. I went all the way down to Chicago to see it. 
And they had a really neat thing about how David Bowie would write songs about how he would often clip apart words, mix them up, and then just use that to write his songs. And by the end, he was actually using computers to write lyrics for him. It was, it was kind of interesting. He was like way into like kind of the meta part of, of songwriting. Hmm. His last album that was released basically what the day after he died, Black Star. I tried to listen to that a bit this week, but um, I, I couldn't get all the way through it because it's a, uh, it's a bit too esoteric for me, but yeah, it's uh, he was doing creative stuff right up until he passed. All right. So here we have Suffragette city, which by the way is the name of Manchester, England. I did not ever realize that that's what Suffragette city was about. This album might have the best opening of every song of any album we listen to. Just killers. This is a rock band special of mine, Russell. I used to sing this one all the time. So you guys were mentioning Velvet Underground. I read that this is kind of some homage to the Velvet Underground. So I think as much as we may like this album more, you got to probably give them props if they came first, right? Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt that they were influenced for so many of these bands that we're going to listen to. Russell, does it surprise you that when I played rock band, I preferred to be the singer? Does that surprise you in any sort of way? <laughs> no, no. It, you you definitely do not strike me as the bass player on the rock band game, Rob. Definitely not. It might we still have a rock band set up up at the cabin. We have an Xbox that works. We have a rock band. And my father, bless his soul, there's one thing he loves more than anything else, and that is mirror balls. Ever since I have known him, my whole life, he has always had a mirror ball up somewhere where we would hang out. So he'd have a mirror ball in the basement. He's got a mirror ball in the garage. He's got a fog machine now. So now for like gifts, I just buy him different light machines. My Instagram ads, it's all like lights for like a club. And I just buy him and send him to my dad. He's happy as a clam. He gets lights going. Just it's so make fun. So many jokes about your parents' sex life, Rob. I just, I can't. <laughs> like <laughs> Rob's face. <laughs> What? Huh? Did your parents hey, have a waterbed, Rob? Hey, Rob, this is where you make fun of Aaron for saying he's so dumb. Why would he even make fun of that? <laughs> We're done. This is the done signal. Thank you. No more talking about that, okay? I had a nice story about how sweet my dad is. He called me the other day. Do you think he was making a sex tape with his friend's wife, like Hulk Hogan? He did eat too much sushi, he said. <laughs> Rock and roll suicide. <laughs> you want to talk about a perfect ending to an album. Yeah. Why do you guys think this is a perfect ending? It starts slow and it builds and it's just like, I don't know. I, it, you couldn't, it, it sums up the whole opera about Ziggy Stardust now saving the world. Matt, you're the king of album construction. What do you think of the ending? Oh, I, I, I agree with Rob. Rob's right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I know I agree with it. it, it when you, you can tell the album's ending, and then it just goes out on the bang. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, Suffragist City is kind of a weird, like, it's a weird twist on this album where I, I think they just kind of had this song and they wanted to put it in. It doesn't have anything to do with the theme. It doesn't have anything. And he came up with a theme after he'd written these songs, so I think some of the things were adjusted around. But it's too much of a banger to ignore. And then you go to Rock and Roll Suicide which somehow is both slow and soulful and at the same time building with horns. Like it's, it's crazy. I love this album. It's so good. Let's get to everybody's favorite section because it's the end. The rating system. This is so long. Why did I make this so long? Better rating system. 
Can you imagine if he scrolled through like a random podcast of ours and it was like an hour and a half and just everyone was just us talking about Hulk Hogan? He's like, wait a minute. He's not even talking about <laughs> the album. Hulk Hogan podcast. <laughs> These guys are just talking about Hulk Hogan. By the way, something that happened like 10 years ago. Like, Hey, if, if all we did was Hulk Hogan sex tape bits, I bet Matt would actually download and listen to these episodes. <laughs> Probably would. Yeah. All just to right. make another parody song. Listen, we've got a, a ranking system. Is this album, this album is 40th on the list, guys. We are almost 10% of the way done with this podcast. <laughs> uh, my soundboard is already too big. It's out of control. Well, this, this is a disaster. I've already told you all my good stories today, including the softball story. Um, <laughs> is this album, should it be number 40? This is a rolling well-toned. Uh, did this album get screwed? I got rolling bone. This album should be way, way higher than 40. It's a better than a lot of the albums that came before it. You know, the chronic goodbye off the wall. Goodbye. Rumors. Goodbye. Marvin Gaye out of here. You suck. This David Bowie's in is if that's what you think. Rolling bone. If you think this album is not that good, it shouldn't be up at 40. Uh, it is a rolling groan. Aaron, what do you think? I think that I is it a rolling well tone or a rolling <laughs> bone or a rolling groan. What do you think? <laughs> I wish that I had spent more time with this album in my life. I was never into Bowie, yeah. not, not for any good reason. I just never, never got into it because there's so much other music out there. But I've had so much fun listening to this this album this week. Actually, the the album that I think about a lot in comparison to this one is Exile on Main Street, where that one is so haphazard. It's too long. It's bloated. Yes. The mix is garbage. Terrible. And this album is tight. The mix is perfect. And the right. musicianship is great. So I have to say this is rolling bone. This album should be ranked, ranked higher. Wait, wait, should be higher on the list, which is a lower number or what? That, yeah, it should be higher on the list, lower number, yeah. rolling boned. And it should be, wow. but see, for our episodes, it would be, it would have already come. So it would be a lower number, but <laughs> it, would have, it, would have came, it would have came many weeks ago. I think. Yes. And it would have come many weeks ago, Rob. Yes. I, I heard it the first time. <laughs> uh, but it would give us more downloads, so that would be a higher number if it came later. But this one we wanted earlier. Okay, so I, I interrupted you to make my own dumb thing. Matt, what do you think? <laughs> I I do like the album a lot. I don't know how much I'll come back and listen to it again. It feels, I hear a ton of Elton John. I hear a ton of Beatles, the John Lennon. It feels like this is like a John Lennon ripoff. Not in a bad way, in a good way, but mm -hmm. there's a, it feels like there's a ton of John Lennon in this. Um, you know, and so I just, it, it doesn't feel like one of those ones that's completely authentic, even though I think it is, I think I'm being a little bit of a fraud by saying that. Um, and so I'm just going to say it's rolling well-toned. It's at a good spot here, number 40, but it, it, it just, I just keep hearing everybody else around them, uh, other than, other than, uh, David Bowie, but I think he's a great artist and, uh, we'll, I got I got to come back and listen to this one again. So, uh, well, rolling, well-toned. That's what I'll go with. All right, Russell, what do you think? Rolling, well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling groan? Where do you rank David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust, and I had never, the Spiders from Mars? <laughs> <laughs> I had never really listened to any David Bowie before we started this quest. To me, this is the type of album that has made the whole quest and the podcast worth it. I... Didn't expect to like this a week ago or two weeks ago. I said, we've reached the point where these albums cannot be in the top 10. We've, we've hit a, a tipping point. 
I absolutely love this album. I was shocked how much I loved it. Matt was saying, you know, Elton John, John Lennon, we talked about Billy Joel or the, the Stones. Like, to me, he's got a lot of the best things of all these groups or bands or artists. I absolutely think about it. Yeah, I, I love this this album. I don't know if it's original to him. I don't know enough about it, but I love the album. To me, it's rolling boned. It should be higher on the list, a lower number. Guys, this David, this Bowie is the most underranked Bowie since Sam Bowie got oh. drafted in front of Michael Jordan. <laughs> I don't know if those rolling numbers Bowie? actually make yeah, this is a rolling Bowie? Bowie for sure. The correct answer is this is a rolling space station. If I was going to outer space, this would be the first album I would listen yes. to. I mean, if I'm blasting off into space and I'm listening to star man and I'm calling Aaron, I'm like, Aaron, what is an octave leap? I don't understand this. And he would of course explain it to you. He'd be like, let me ask my wife and I forget her name now. Uh, but that is it for today. I, I guys, I got to tell you again, I have to make a joke. I love this album. I, I was, I was looking forward to listening to it every day. It's so great. Next up, we've got the rolling stones and let it bleed. Nice. Oh boy. Oh, nice. Back with some stones. Wow. When you want to hear what's like the main the song of let it bleed. What's the, no the shelter. But you're just Maybe too lazy the first to track, look right? it up online. Is it? I thought that was already on. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track, I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. Mm-hmm. Rob, Rob, I got a voicemail from your wife. It said, Rob, we need to address your half-cocked wah-wah. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't matter what you said. I was going to play that. I thought it was pretty damn. 